Dr. Tarek Lubani has been arrested for vandalism of a member of parliament's office. No frills workers declare a strike. Canada is set to participate in war games in Africa, an event that has trained many people who've recently overthrown their local civilian governments, and measles has been rising worldwide. Good morning. It's Friday, November 17th. I'm Nora. Here are your headlines. I want to start today off just by mentioning that the man who murdered the Ausall family in London, Ontario, was convicted of murder yesterday. He was charged with first-degree murder and terrorism. He will face an automatic 25 years in prison. There's nothing more to say about this guy, not until sentencing. But, but I wanted to make sure you knew about this news in case you hadn't heard it. And remember, even though he admitted to intentionally seeking out a Muslim family to murder, he still pled not guilty. This forced a trial that could have been avoided if he just pled guilty, saving the family and community a lot of grief. I hope they can move forward now that he's been convicted. Let's stay in London, or near Windsor, I guess. That's where the trial was, but of course that happened in London. Dale Carruthers and Beatrice Bellerio from the London Free Press are reporting that Tarek Lubani has been arrested for vandalizing London Member of Parliament Peter Fragicatso's office last month. Lubani is a doctor who's done numerous humanitarian trips to Palestine and other parts of the world. He has coordinated medical supplies to get to Palestine and has even been experimenting with 3D printing materials for hospitals to use. On October 22nd, someone sprayed ketchup on the windows and doors of Fragicatso's office. Now, the article says that a group of quote-unquote males... It sounds like they use this because they're not sure if the group were men or boys, was not affiliated with the protest. They sprayed ketchup all over his office, which obviously was supposed to look like blood. The Free Press says that all four people have been identified by police who they say did this. The article says that three were not charged and agreed to participate in a pre-charge diversion program. But the police seem to have danced around that fourth person. The article doesn't make it clear that the police are alleging it's Lubani. But on Wednesday night, Lubani was arrested in connection to the vandalism. And the Free Press quotes this ridiculous quote from the London police who has just arrested someone because of his free expression. Quote, the London Police Services recognizes every person's right to freedom of opinion, expression, and peaceful assembly and are committed to protecting these rights. We will continue to take all measures necessary to ensure that citizens within our community feel safe and secure. Acts in violation of the law in the name of any cause will not be tolerated. Such acts will be investigated and charges will be laid where appropriate. Unquote. Yeah, right. London Police. Lubani was at the protest on October 22nd, but they don't say if he spread the ketchup. What is especially unclear is that the way that this is written in the article, it starts off by saying that the individuals who did spray the ketchup weren't involved with the protests, but that Lubani had been involved with the protests. So there's something that's not clear in this article. It's hard to make sense of it. The authors also write that they asked Lubani's employer for comment. His employer is Western University. Lubani's a professor in the School of Medicine and Dentistry. 
They ask Western for comment as if they have any authority over what Lubani does in his spare time. That, folks, is just narc journalism. Next. Remember, uh, when was it? Uh, Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, when we heard a story that was mostly pulled from Loblaw's corporate communications about their extremely high profits. Well, today we have news that is the other side of that coin. Some 1,200 workers at 17 no-frills locations in Ontario have set a strike deadline for Monday at 12 a.m. The key issue, as you might expect, is pay. Also recall that the richest of the rich in Canada have had pay increases that were higher than 30% in 2021 alone. Either we can count Galen Weston, the owner of Loblaws, in that group, or he's just outside of it. Regardless, here we've got workers who are fighting for higher wages and a CEO who probably saw his income increase by more than 30% in a single year. Gord Curry, president of Unifor 414, said this, quote, You know it's bad when workers at Canada's largest grocery store chain are struggling to afford their own food, even at discount stores like No Frills. It's ultimately up to Loblaw to avert a strike and do the right thing to support its workers and customers, unquote. CHCH's Joanna Petropoulos reminds readers that Loblaws surpassed their 2022 quarter three profits at the end of the article. Also recall, which is not in the article, that uniform members who work at Metro went on strike for five weeks this past summer. They won salary increases of $4.50 per hour for full-time and senior part-time workers overall, and $3.20 per hour for non-senior part-time workers. They also had improved benefits. Will no-frills workers be able to win similar salary and contract gains? That is obviously what they're fighting for. Next to military news from David Pulezi from the Ottawa Citizen. Canadian Special Forces are preparing to participate in a U.S.-led exercise called the 2024 Flintlock Military Exercise in Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire. Here's Pulezi, quote, Flintlock is U.S. Africa Command's premier and largest annual special operations exercise, quote, focused on enabling our African partners to conduct counterterrorism operations while adhering to the rule of law to enable a safe, secure and prosperous Africa, unquote, according to the United States military, double unquote. But here's a probably obvious problem for, well, I'm not sure who this problem belongs to. Several African military officials who have participated in previous flintlocks have been involved in overthrowing civilian governments. Pulezi writes that officers who were involved in the coup in Niger had been at flintlock before, and so too had officers who were involved in coups in Burkina Faso and Mali. In fact, Pulezi quotes Rolling Stone magazine that says that flintlock trained personnel have participated in at least seven coups. Mm, Good work, I guess, United States. This seems like a really weird program for you. Canada has been involved for more than a decade in these war exercises and has directly trained Nigerian troops. Two units in particular, Canadian Special Forces Operations and the 427 Special Operations Aviation Squadron, have participated in previous flintlocks. Both units are located, mm, try to to guess, where? Right, think of yesterday's news show, Petawawa, the same base where that major was just arrested for all the guns he had smuggled from the United States. There will be 1,300 troops from 30 nations at Flintlock this year. 
And finally, deaths from measles have increased by more than 40% globally in the past year. Cases have increased after what the Associated Press calls a quote-unquote spectacular drop in vaccination rates for measles during the pandemic. Vaccination rates are lower than they've been in 15 years. Measles outbreaks occurred in 37 countries last year versus 22 countries in 2021. It made 9 million children sick and killed 136,000 children, mostly in poorer countries. That said, in some neighborhoods in London, England, where vaccine rates are just 40%, there were massive outbreaks as well. In poorer countries, the rate of vaccination is about 66%. This is too low to ensure a broad coverage to stop or reduce outbreaks. Those are your headlines for Friday, November 17th. I'm Nora. Ah, it's Friday. You're listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you on the other side.